0: Thanks for tuning in today for our Wednesday broadcast of Abiding in the Word with Dave Love, Senior Pastor of Calvary-Castle Rock. Today, we will be continuing our study in the book of Genesis. So let's join Pastor Dave now. Soon your
1: trials
0: will be over.
1: With that, we are in Genesis chapter 49. We are not going to finish it all. We're going to go through the rest of the sons besides uh, Joseph. So, um, you know, and then we'll kind of start with Joseph, Lord willing, next weekend and finish off through 50. We'll see how that all works out, you know, but that's kind of where we are right now. Um, A quick little recap. Jacob has invited all his sons together uh, to prophesy over them and bless them. And before that, he, um, he went to uh, Joseph, his son, and he adopted Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, okay? And so now you have 14 sons. But when you see that, um, that Joseph is, you know, kind of paired off there, and, uh, and, and then all of a sudden Levi is going to be... Um, uh, Levi is going to be the uh, priesthood of, of everyone, and, and Simeon kind of gets ab- absorbed there and, and everything. We're going to find out that we're going to be back down to 12 sons again. But right now, as we go through this, quick little recap. Jacob began his words over Reuben by st- saying that he once belonged to him. Let's go ahead and read this. It says uh, here with Reuben in verse three, you are my firstborn, my might and beginning of my strength, the excellen- excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Man, you, you started off so good and you have preeminence in all these things, but unstable as water, you shall not excel because you went up to your father's bed and you defiled it. And so because of that all these wonderful things that were before you are now have been taken away from you. So who's the next one after that? Well, that'd be Simeon Levi. So, that firstborn rights and everything else are going to go to them. Well, Simeon and Levi are brothers, instruments of cruelty are in their dwelling place. Um, and so, in verse 7, it says, Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, their wrath, it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So, they're not going to get the firstborn rights. Okay? And then Judah comes along. You uh, Judah you are he whom your brothers shall praise your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies your fathers children shall bow down before you Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey my son you have gone up he bowed down as a lion down as a lion as a lion who shall rouse him the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor law given from between his feet until Shiloh comes and to him shall be the obedience of the people and so when it comes to Judah he gets nothing but blessing And because he's the next one in line, he's going to have preeminence over his brethren. Now, one of the things I didn't mention last week, because I didn't learn this until this week, as I was kind of going through things, is that when it comes to the tribe of Judah, the Midrash says that all the brothers will choose to call themselves after Judah. Now, think about that for a moment. I want you to keep your hand here. I want you to go over to Esther. If you don't know where Esther is, go to Esther. Psalms, go left, you'll hit Job, and right before Job is Esther, okay? Because I know that's kind of a a tough one to kind of find sometimes, if you're not familiar with God's word. So, go to Esther chapter 2, and we read something very interesting here. It says this in verse 5, In Shushan, in Esther 2 verse 5, in Shushan the citadel was... Uh, citadel there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai. The word Jew there is Yehude, okay? And it comes from Judah. Mordecai is now being called a Jew and yet Mordecai is not from the tribe of Judah. Keep reading. And the son of Jar the son of a Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. So here you have the first usage of the word Jew, Yehude, OK? And it's speaking of someone from the tribe of Benjamin. This is after the Babylonian captivity. So again, this is going to be speaking of all those who come back in the land are going to call themselves what? Jews, even from the different tribes. What are they call today? Jews. Thus fulfilling what it says here, that you are he whom your brothers shall praise, or the says uh, you are those who, who will call themselves by your name. Interesting. Very interesting that you see that to this day. Now, moving on here, we're going to go to Zebulun. I mentioned this last week. It says, Zebulun shall dwell by the haven of the sea, he shall become a haven for ships, and his border shall adjoin Sidon. So now Zebulun is given precedence over Issachar, even though Issachar is the older of those brothers. And so why does Jacob do that? Some have suggested because they just got done speaking of Judah, who the scepter will not leave, meaning the king, the Messiah, is going to come through the tribe of Judah. Having now said that the Messiah is going to come through the tribe of Judah, let's now talk about the land in which the Messiah will be raised in, which is Zebulun. Where was Jesus raised as a carpenter's son? Nazareth, which is in the land of Zebulun. In the land of Zebulun. Zebulun shall dwell by the haven of the seas. The word by there... Is not there in the original. It should be italicized. Okay? Um, he shall become a haven for ships. Notice that shall become is italicized in your Bible. That means it's not there either. He, a haven for ships, is what that should say. The word haven in the Hebrew, kof, means seashore, means coast, means a shore. Thus this reads Zebulun shall dwell at the haven. Of the sea, he, ha- he a haven for ships, and his border shall adjoin Sidon. The word adjoined is a Hebrew word all. It's a preposition. It means upon, in, on, over, by, for beyond, toward. Thus, if we were to read this literally correct, it would say, Zebulun shall dwell at the seashore of the sea. He a seashore for ships. And his border shall be by or toward Sidon. I'm going to show you the map right here. Oh, no, see, I've got to make sure that my little handy dandy. There we go. There's Zebulun right here. Kind of landlocked. Not real close to the Sea of Galilee, not real close to the Mediterranean. It is going to be the seashore for ships. It is going to be a haven for ships, a place where ships dock. (laughs) Don't really see how that's happening there. So what does that mean? It's a great question, don't you think? It's definitely landlocked as we look at this. And it would seem that the territory that was given to Zebulun, his borders, I would submit to you, eventually, over time, will fluctuate. Will fluctuate. We see this with Dan. So there's another uh, map that I'll be able to show you later on. Ooh, they're so good back there. Look at that. Here's Dan. You read in the account of Judges, they didn't quite like this land. The enemies were too powerful. They couldn't really overtake it all. So they kind of went up to there. It says Dan right there. So they didn't stay within their borders. And then they have their land up there. You read about that in Judges. And so that right there, Dan took over a a city called Laish. Laish, there's Sidon right there. Laish um, were uh, Sidonians. Okay, they were from this area of Sidon, but they were so far removed from the coast that when Dan came up there, attacked them, and destroyed them, they, they didn't have time to send someone over there to help so they can come back and help. They were defenseless in that regard, and there weren't a whole lot of them, but these were Sidonians that kind of migrated from the coast there over to here, and Dan went over there and, uh, and, and destroyed them, and so they set up their town there in Dan. So we we have precedent in God's word how people didn't stay within their boundaries, okay? Um, And so we see it there with Dan. In Deuteronomy 33, Moses says this about Zebulun. He says, Rejoice, Zebulun, in your going out, and Issachar in your tents. They shall call the people to the mountains. There they shall offer sacrifice of righteousness, for they shall partake of the abundance of the seas." man you know that just doesn't look like you're taking the abundance of the sea there now we have another map to show you here so this here are at the time of Jacob these are the different trade routes ancient roads for trade and for trade that you would travel on you have three major routes here So Sidon is a port. This is where everybody from the east is coming, docking their ships, and then going down to Tyre, Ako, and over to Megiddo. When we go to Israel, we go to Megiddo. It is a major trade route. This is why whatever power is in power usually has some sort of garrison there to collect taxes and everything else for those who want to go down to trade in Egypt or up to Babylon through Damascus. Okay, these are the major trade routes. So you have the Via Maris right here, which is the way of the sea. You have the way of shore that also goes down to Egypt. And then on the right here, you have further inland, you have the King's Highway, going from Babylon down. So you have the Via Maris, the way of the sea, kind of hugs the coastline a little bit. And they all from Megiddo, and then you have the way of shore right here. And so a lot of people... Uh, you know tradition tells us that this got named because uh, when people took this route, uh, you know uh, husbands and wives the the wife was always saying, "Are you sure? Are you sure this is the way? Are you sure Are you sure you don 't want to ask for directions are you sure so so you have that one right there. Thank you, thank you. We have another show at eleven so uh So, again, you have these major trade routes going through here. Now, notice something. So, Megiddo is right before you get into Zebulun, right here. This is Zebulun right here, okay? So, the trade route of the sea goes through Zebulun, up to Hazor, up, in that direction. The trade route of the sea goes through Zebulun. Now... In Matthew's account, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 4. Keep your finger here. We'll come back. But in Matthew chapter 4, we're told something very interesting here by Matthew's account. Right after... Right after Jesus gets baptized, after he gets tempted by Satan and everything else, we read this in verse 12. It says, Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali. Hmm. Interesting, he came and dwelt at Capernaum, Jesus did, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light upon those who sat in the region of shadow of death, light, Has dawned, again verse 15, by way of the sea. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, by way of the sea, beyond the Jordan. Interesting. Matthew calls Zebulun the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan. Josephus reported the tribe of Zebulun's lot, including the land which lay as far as the lake of Gennesaret. That's the Sea of Galilee. And that which belonged to Carmel and the sea, meaning the Mediterranean Sea. Josephus Antiquities, Book 5, Chapter 1, on the 22nd line, says this. Josephus, the Jewish historian, the leader of the Jewish forces in Galilee in their fight against Rome in the First Jewish War in 66 to 73 AD. He would certainly be familiar with the land And it's history. If Zebulun was indeed always landlocked and did not reach the Sea of Galilee or the Mediterranean, one would wonder why he would give this description. It's interesting that Matthew, a tax collector, that Jesus would come to and say, follow me. And he does. But he was a tax collector where? In Capernaum. In Capernaum. Now I want you to see this next map here. These are, this is during the time of Jesus. This is the Via Maris going down this way. And so right there at Megiddo, it turns and goes up. And now it's right there at the coastline of the Sea of Galilee. And there's Capernaum. And then it goes up to Hazor. And then it goes up towards Damascus into Babylon. So it looks like in Jesus' day that all of a sudden, again, you would put a tax collector on a major trade route. Hence, that's where Matthew was in Capernaum. And so he is collecting taxes there. Okay, And so, uh, again, we see that it's Zebulun and and Jesus goes and dwells in Capernaum, um, which is also in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. So that's where they. it looks like it's meeting right here, Naphtali going up this way, and then Zebulun somehow uh, now its borders are attached to uh, the Sea of Galilee. So very, very interesting. Another interesting thing about Zebulun is that their banner, their flag, that says Zebulun right there, that the 12 tribes as they marched in the wilderness under these banners, this was their banner. They have a ship, seas. They are known as seafaring men. How is that possible unless their borders over time fluctuated and went to the Mediterranean and also went to the, uh, the Sea of Galilee? And so, again, uh, when, you, when you dig a little bit more deeper and things like that, you figure out why things were said the way that they were said. And so this is a prophecy of what they will become, that even though they began landlocked, their their borders, it looks like, did fluctuate and expand over time to the Sea of Galilee as well as to the Mediterranean. Um, Elon the Judge and Judges is a notable person from the tribe of Zebulun. Jonah the Prophet, he's from Geth-Hepper, okay? That is where he is from. And so that is in the land of Zebulun, okay? In the area of Galilee. And so going on to Issachar. Issachar is a strong donkey, going back here to Genesis. Laying down between two burdens, he saw the rest was good and that land was pleasant. He bowed his shoulder to bear a burden and became a band of slaves. Verse 14 deals with Issachar's nature. We see two things. One is Issachar is as strong as a donkey, which is a beast of burden. And Issachar has a strong side to him as they become the third largest tribe by the second census in Numbers chapter 26. But they also had a weak side as well as they lay down between two burdens. Verse 15, he saw that rest was good. Rest is good. But when your focus is on just rest, it can make you a little lazy. And that the land was pleasant, he bowed his shoulder to bear a burden, and he became a band of slaves. This is interesting. He saw rest was good, suggesting choosing to rest than work and do what he's really being called to do. The land of Issachar was a valley of Jezreel, a very fertile and rich valley for agriculture. And his observation was, and that the land was pleasant. This good land that was assigned for him, he would not fight for it. It became a burden to him. It wasn't because of cowardice because, you know, again, it infers he became lazy with the good land. And the content to continue to fight and remove the Canaanites from the land seems to be kind of removed at this point. In Judges 6.35, the tribe of Issachar is not part of Gideon's Galilean army. He bowed his shoulder to bear burden and became a band of slaves. He was strong physically as a tribe. He could bear the burden, but he was also willing to come under tribute by foreign nations in order to enjoy the fruit of his labor. In other words, the tribe eventually felt it was better to enjoy the fruit of the land and lose their liberty to their foreign oppressors, the Canaanites, than fight for what God has given them. I dwelt on that for a moment. And I thought about that. And and, the, and it kind of reminds me of where the United States is today. You see this around the world, but especially more recently when it comes to the United States and what we're willing to do. The United States has come to a place that I don't think would have happened 30, 40, 50 years ago. And that is... They're willing to sell their liberty in order to be safe. Care more about safety than liberty. And we've seen that with what has happened with COVID and everything else. People care more about being safe than having the liberty to choose. I'm not choosing one way or another. What was right was wrong. What I say is that I'm against anything that would force me to, I don't have a choice in the matter. I I, I don't like that. You can't meet as a church. Why? So you'll be safe. Well, I think my liberty in Christ makes it more important that we meet as a church than to keep people safe. If you want to be safe, don't come to church then. That's what, what your feeling is. But if other people want to express their liberty in Christ... And they want to be able to come together because that is what church means. Ecclesia, called out ones to public worship. That means together. That's what the church does. If you're watching right now online, love you. If the reason you're not here is because you're sick, awesome. But if you're staying home because, well, it's just what you want to do, you're in sin, And you need to come to church where the body gets together in public worship. Online service is not for you to be lazy. It is for you to watch this service because you are sick. And you want to be part of the body in that way of hearing what it is the word of God has to say. But you decided to stay home because you wanted to bless everyone else by not coming while you being sick. And if that's what you're doing, thank you for doing that. We appreciate you. We appreciate you, but if you're just sitting home in your jammies drinking coffee, we are not a bedtime Baptist service, and you are in sin, and you need to get your butt into church, and that's all I have to say about that. So, Dan, a judge, is what that means. We have the tribe of Dan here in verse 16. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heels so that its rider shall fall backwards. And then it says, I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. Interesting, Jacob moved by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit saw Dan as a judge. Dan shall judge his people. The tribe of Dan did judge his people. One of the most prominent judges was Samson, came from the tribe of Dan. Dan shall be a serpent, by the way. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. Dan was a troublesome tribe. They're the ones that introduced idolatry to, the, to Israel.
0: that's all we have time for today on this Wednesday edition of Abiding in the Word with Pastor Dave Love. Tune in tomorrow as we continue our study in Genesis. If you live in the area of Castle Rock and are looking for a church to call home, be sure to come by and visit us. We meet Saturdays at 5 p.m. and our Sunday service times are at 9 and 11 a.m. A combined junior and senior high class meets at 5 p.m. on Saturday evenings And on Sunday mornings, high school meets during the 9 a.m. service and the junior high meets at the 11 a.m. service. Our young adults ministry, Arise, meets every Friday evening at 6.30 p.m. at the church. Childcare is offered for all our weekend services. Calvary Castle Rock is located right off of I-25 and East Wolfensburger Road, directly behind Jack in the Box and the Shell gas station. For more information about us or this radio ministry, please visit our website at calvarycr.com or download our free mobile app from the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also call the church office at 303-663-2514. Thank you again for joining us today. Until our next time together, we want to encourage you to always be abiding in the Word of God.